0: and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger uh, <coughs> We'd like to begin with a quick review of the points which we covered in the last lecture from the explanation or the sharh of al- al-aqidah, al Tahawiyah, by al-imam Abu Ja'afah al-tahawi rahimahullah and we mentioned the, the statement of al-imam al-tahawi in point number 90 wallahu ta'ala yastajibu الدعوات daawat wa al that Allah the most high answers the supplications of those who call on him and he fulfills the needs of his creatures uh, and we said that there are many verses in the quran which indicate this and from amongst them is the ayah in Surah Al-Ghafir chapter 40 verse 60 astajib lakum." that your Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said call on me or supplicate me and I will answer you and Allah is the one the only one who is self-sufficient and completely independent and is capable of fulfilling the needs of his creatures who rely on him totally while Allah is without need of anyone Allah is the one who removes from us harm and who gives us those things of benefit no one else has the power to do so therefore he alone is the one that should be called upon and also in another place in the Quran the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al allahi ahada that verily the masjids or the places of worship they are for Allah alone therefore don't call on anyone or don't supplicate anyone along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next point that we mentioned last week, point number 91, the saying of Imam al-Tahawi concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his control or authority yamliku كُلَّ شَيْءٍ That Allah is the one who possesses or controls everything. وَلَا يَمْلُكُهُ, ولا يملكه شيء. And nothing controls Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing possesses him and there's no way that anyone can be independent or without need of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala even for the twinkling of an eye or the winking of an eye. And whoever thinks or considers themselves to be independent and without need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even for a moment then that person who believes that they are without need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even for a moment uh, then that person has uh, become, has disbelieved and, and has become one of the people of ruin or destruction, the people who have lost the next point Al says but Allah becomes angry and pleased, angry with the actions of his creatures that are in acts of disobedience and pleased with the actions which are in obedience to him. And then al says min But Allah, his anger and his pleasure of being pleased is not like any one of the creatures. This is the basic principle related to Al-Tawheed, and the division of Tawheed, al asma Al-Sifat, that Allah is unique and alone in His right to be named by or described by those perfect names and perfect descriptions that belong to Him alone, and no one shares with Him in any way those names or descriptions of perfection. And even the descriptions of Allah of anger or being pleased, though the human beings or the creatures also become angry and are pleased, But none of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be compared with the characteristics of His creatures in any way whatsoever. Uh, And we mentioned some of the ayats which indicate uh, or prove that Allah does become angry such as in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 93 وَغَضَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ that Allah became angry with him and also in Surah al Fatha. Chapter 48 verse 18 لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That certainly Allah was pleased with the believers. But the important thing here is that the descriptions that Allah has described Him Himself with or that He has been described with by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam should be affirmed as Allah described Himself and He knows Himself best and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the best of those who know Allah from amongst the creatures. So we affirm what Allah has affirmed for Himself and we negate what He has negated for Himself and we make no comparison between the descriptions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the description of His creatures as He says in Surah Al-Shura chapter 42 verse 11 Laysa كَمِثْلِي Shayun, that there is nothing like Him وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَسِيَّةِ while He is the all-hearing and all-seeing The last point that we covered uh, is a new topic Concerning the companions of the Prophet sallallahu And we will continue with that topic tonight uh, And the last point that we covered last week Point number 93 al how says وَنُحِبُّ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عليه عليه وَسَلَّمُ وَلَا نفرت أو نفرت في حب أحد منهم. But we love the companions Of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam However we are not excessive We don't go to the extreme in our love for any particular one of them." to the extent that we view them as being infallible or divine or going beyond the bounds in our love for them uh, as did the Raqidah, the Shia with Ali, Ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. in their claim the love for him, they went to the extreme and claimed divinity for him that which he had no right to they went beyond the bounds or to the extreme and we don't go to the extreme we love the companions of the Prophet sallam, but not in going to the extreme وَلَا نتبرأ مِنْ أَحَدٍ مِنْهُمْ Nor do we reject or disown uh, or disassociate ourselves from any one of them. We don't go to one extreme or the other. We don't go to the extreme in love of them. Nor do we hate or reject or disown any one of them. All of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Allah is pleased with them. And they are pleased with him. And we are also pleased with them as Allah Taala and His Messenger Muhammad ﷺ, ﷺ are pleased with them. So we don't hate any of them as did the Rafi the Shia in their hatred of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu the first Khalifa and the best of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the best of this Ummah and the best of humanity after the MBA, after the Prophets and the Mursaleen the messengers they went to the extreme in their hatred of some of the companions of the Prophet including Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Umar radiallahu anhu Uthman, and other of the companions so we don't go to one extreme of love beyond the bounds nor of hatred or rejecting or disowning any of the companions of the prophet but we love them all as they should be loved uh, then he says wa و... يعني... خَيْرٍ and we hate those who hate them and who mention them in other than a good way, and who mention them in a disrespectful way or other than and with a proper respect. Kuruhum illa and we don't say anything about them, nor do we mention them except that we say something good. We have nothing evil to say about the companions of the Prophet. Wahubbuhum binun wa imanun wa ahsanun wa and, he, and then he closes by indicating that our position towards the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu will be an indication of our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala That the love of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu is a manifestation of the correctness of one's Islam and one's Iman and one's Ihsan of one's Deen and faith and ihsan The excellence of their deeds While hatred of the companions Or any one of them Is also an indication or an expression Or a manifestation of kufr Disbelief and hypocrisy Nifaq and tughyan Transgressing the bounds yani Going beyond the bounds of what Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed This is what we covered last week And tonight inshallah, We would like to be continue with the topic uh, concerning the position of the Ahl-Sunnah Wal-Jama'ah In relation to the Companions of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Wasallam Imam Al-Tahawi, Rahimahullah, continues with point number 94 he says al Khilafa Allah Sallallahu wa that we confirm the khilafa, the office of khalifa. The office of khalifa is the khilafa. We confirm the khilafa, the office of khalifa, the leadership of the Muslim Ummah after the death of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم yani after the death of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم then the leaders of the Muslims their office was called Khilafah and that person was called the Khalifa and we confirmed the Khilafah of this office after the death of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أولا لأبي بكر الصديق رضي الله anhu first and foremost the Khilafah was the right of Abu Bakr Siddiq رضي الله anhu تَفْدِيلًا lahu wa عَلَى ala الْأُمَّةِ ummah. This confirmation of the Khilafah, first and foremost for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, is a proof of his superiority and his preference over the whole of the Muslim ummah. ثم لِعُمَرْ umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, then the Khilafah was the right, in this order it was the right, Second for, the, for Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu anhu, who was next in superiority over the rest of the Muslims after Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. Uthman, that is Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu, was for him next, and he was next in order of superiority and preference over the Muslim ummah. Then for Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhu. Then for Ali, the son of Abu Talib radiyallahu anhu. وَهُمْ الْخُلَفَاءَ الرَّاشِدُونَ Al الْمُحْتَادُونَ And these four, Abu Bakr, Umar Uthman, Ali, رضي الله عنهم أجمعين, They are the خُلَفَاء الرَّاشِدُونَ The leaders who were true guides for the people True guides, not only political rulers But in the matters of being They were guides and examples in the real meaning of the word They were uh, established as so and they were Al-Aimma, Al-Muhtadoon, the Imams, who were rightly guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were Imams in the real sense of the word. And they were guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this word, Al-Aimma, Al-Muhtadoon, was found in the text of the Aqeeda uh, al as it was published uh, with the commentary of Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Baz and Sheikh Muhammad. Uh, Nasruddin Al-Albani May Allah have mercy On both of them And also in the brief explanation Of Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Abdurrahman Al-Khumais uh, This word Al-Muhtadun In the original text Of the Aqibah Al-Tahawiyah This expression came al khulafa Al-Rashidun al Mahdiyun, al ai al Mahdiyun, Instead of Muhtadun I mean the meaning is not that much different, <coughs> but uh, in any case, all of the uh, texts that we found, except the original, the original book of al Tahawiyyah, all of the commentaries and explanations came with the word muhtadun. So we use this word as it came in those texts. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <speaking> in, <Hebrew> in this, in the explanation that Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman Khumais Allah, May Allah protect and preserve him gives concerning this point number 94 he says that we confirm or affirm the Khilafah or the office of leadership of the Muslim Ummah after the death of the messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam for Abu Bakr al siddiq showing his superiority and preference over the rest of the Ummah uh, as the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself gave preference and indicated the superiority of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And the, the Prophet sallallahu hinted uh, at this preference of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And that he should be the Khalifa in a number of hadith, of authentic hadith, uh, which are reported by the scholars of hadith. And that, and the Sheikh also says that Abu Bakr siddiq radiallahu anhu, he is the first of the ummah in preference and superiority and the Muslims were in total agreement in giving the bay'ah or the pledge of allegiance to him, yawm al saqifah the day in which the uh, leadership of the Muslim ummah was decided, the Muslims were in total ag- agreement, including Umar and uthman and Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu they were in agreement that the Khilafah was the right of Abu Bakr siddiq radiallahu anhu and after that the Khilafah was the right of Umar bin Al-Khattab radiallahu anhu since it was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu who selected and appointed Umar to be the Khalifa before his death that Umar should succeed him and the people agreed to so. And these two Abu Bakr and Umar they were the two closest companions of the Messenger of Allah who were with him always and some of the hadith is reported that some of the people said that the Prophet went out and Abu Bakr and Umar were with him and the Prophet entered and Abu Bakr and Umar were with him and the Prophet did such and such and so and so and Abu Bakr and Umar they were with him and then after them, it was the right of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu dhul Norain, the one who possessed the two lights. He was given in marriage two of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu the second one after the death of the first one radiallahu anhu ajma'in. Then after him, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, who was the husband of Fatima. عنها, the of the Messenger of Allah These four, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عنهم, They are the best of the companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, And they are the rightly guided khalifas And those imams who were guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are the ones who were described by the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم That they should be followed that we should follow Alaikum Bisunnati wa Sunnati Al Khulafa rashidin That it is obligatory on you to follow my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the khulafa al Rashidin, that is Abu Bakr Umar Uthman and Ali. And finally, Shaykh Muhammad Nasruddin Al albani in his uh, commentary on Aqir al makes a brief comment and he says that Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimhullah uh, says that whoever makes an accusation or a false statement against the khilafa or the rulership or the right to authority of any one of these Imams meaning Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman, and Ali then that one who makes such an accusation or says anything any evil or unjust against these four and their right their absolute right uh, to have been the leaders of the Muslims in this order: first Abu Bakr, and then Umar, then Uthman, and then Ali. Whoever does so, Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah said that that person, فَهُوَ أَضَلُّ مِنْ حِمارَ أحلهي. that that one who thinks that any one of them wasn't entitled to the Khilafah in this order, that one is more astray than the donkey of his family, and yani even his family's donkey. That's how astray such a person is, because these things were very clear, and it was well known. Uh, in the time of the Prophet ﷺ and after his death, it was agreed upon by the companions that this was the order of preference uh, and superiority of his uh, companions, radiallahu anhu ajma'een. Then Imam Tahawi says in point number 95, وَأَنَّ الْعَشَرَةَ الَّذِينَ سَمَاهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه, عليه وسلم وَبَشَرَهُمْ بِالْجَنّةِ And in some of the copies it said وَأَنَّ نُحِبُّّ الْعَشَرَةَ yeah, and, he, and as for the ten companions whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu عليه وسلم mentioned by name. Yeah, and he named them. And he announced to them the good news uh, of paradise. And some of the narration says, well, That we love those ten companions of the Prophet sallallahu عليه وسلم, Who he named and who he announced to them the good news of paradise. لهم بالجنة على ما Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa, alayhi wa sallam that we bear witness that they will enter the paradise based upon the testimony and witness of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on their behalf they are the fact that they will enter paradise just as he testified to so and informed us by revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they are the people of paradise then we also testify to such an affirmant based on the testimony and confirmation or announcement of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Imam Tahawi Rahimahullah says here, وقوله حق وقوله الحق يعني The statement of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, concerning this matter is indeed الحق. It is true. There's no doubt about it. And who are these ten? وهم ابو بكر وعمر Umar وعلي Uthman والزبير Ali والسعيد Talha wa Zubair عوف Sa'ad Sa'id Abdul Rahman ibn wa Abu Ubayda ibn al-Jarrāh wa huwa amīn hādhihi al-umma 'anhum ajma'īn and these 10 they are Abu Bakr al-Siddiq wa Umar ibn al-Khattab wa Uthman ibn Affan wa Ali ibn Abi Talib wa that is Talha ibn Ubayd Allah and al-Zubayr the son of al-Awām and Sa'd the son of Abi Waqqas and Sa'id the son of Zayd and Abdurrahman ibn Awf and Abu Ubaidah the son of Al-Jarrah and Abu Ubaidah and the Prophet Sallallahu said from amongst his virtuous characteristics is that he is the Amin the trustworthy one of this Ummah may Allah be pleased with all of them uh, in the comprehensive explanation of al aqeedah Tahawiyyah he goes through a long maybe I don't know 15 or 20 pages concerning this particular point and in those pages, he makes a lengthy discussion and presentation concerning the virtues and the proofs from the authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ of each of the ten of those who were promised paradise. Uh, but in brief, we will just say here that as uh, Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Abdurrahman al Khumis Hafibullah says that we believe, it is part of Iman, that we believe that the Prophet sallallahu has given the good news he has announced the good news to ten these ten of his companions that they will enter paradise and he said it in clear words not by indirect indication but he said clearly as mentioned in the authentic hadith in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and the Sunan of Abu Dawud and others where he mentioned Abu Bakr fil Jannah that Abu Bakr is in paradise الجنة, and Umar is in paradise and he mentioned all of them by their names saying specifically each one of them that he is in paradise and this is a matter about which there is no doubt. Uh, so we believe in that and we believe that the Messenger of Allah has announced the good news to those ten and we also believe as has been confirmed uh, and authenticated in other sayings of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which are authentic and sahih that there are other companions besides these ten which he also directly or indirectly indicated that they would be in paradise such as his statement concerning Bilal ibn Rabah radiallahu anhu that he heard the footsteps of Bilal ahead of him entering paradise and this was an indica- indirect indication that Bilal radiallahu anhu uh, was of the people of paradise and there are other such cases as the woman who said he said to the people would you like to see a woman from the people of paradise and he said that that woman is of the people of paradise while she was living and walking on the earth and then he pointed to this particular woman who was of the women of paradise and there are so many other hadith authentic hadith in which the prophet sallallahu wasallam indicated some of his companions that they would be in paradise sometimes directly as he did the ten and sometimes indirectly and in general we say that all of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم are guaranteed paradise without a doubt And Allah has confirmed that he is pleased with them so there is no doubt about the fact that those whom Allah is pleased with that he would enter them into his paradise and point number 97 and Imam al rahimahullah goes on with this discussion concerning the companions of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه and more specifically, mentions the wives uh, of the Prophet ﷺ and the offspring of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, and he says, "وَمَنْ أَحْسَنَ الْقَوْلَ فِي أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وآله وَسَلَّمْ وَأَزْوَاجِهِ الطَّاهِرَاتِ مِنْ كُلِّ دَنَسٍ وَذُرِّيَاتِهِ الْمُقَدِّسِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ رِجْسٍ فَقَدْ بَرِيَّا." That whoever speaks well about the companions of the Messenger of Allah, yani whoever says only that which is good and doesn't say anything evil or disrespectful about the companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his wives, the pure ones, the tahirat, who are free from everything unclean. And his offsprings, the pure ones, المقدسين, who are free from every filthy impurity. Whoever speaks well of them, the companions and the wives and the offspring of the Messenger of Allah wasallam), then that person, such a one, is free from hypocrisy. Which also indirectly indicates to us that those who speak evil about them, that that person has a degree to some extent or another of hypocrisy because the believer who really believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and loves Allah and loves the messenger of Allah they would love the companions of the messenger of Allah and the wives and children of the messenger of Allah and would not dare to speak evil of them. uh shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al-Khumayis Hafizullah says in the explanation of this point that uh, everyone who speaks well concerning the companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and doesn't say evil about even one of them. And whoever speaks well of the wives of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who are pure and free from every unclean uh, and evil thing and who are free from every type of sin and dishonorable behavior and whoever speaks well likewise of the pure offspring of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who are free from every evil these companions and the wives and the offspring of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, are those whom uh, we have been ordered to follow their example, and we have been ordered, yani, to look at their example and take it as a model. So whoever considers them as our example and our models and follows in their way, uh, then such a person is free; would be free from hypocrisy. So in summary we can say that concerning the companions of the messenger of allah sallallahu we should love them without going to any extreme or without yeah, any displaying or holding in our hearts any disrespect or dislike for any of them we should recognize their superiority and preference that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen them to be the companions of the messenger of allah sallallahu this is a preference from allah himself and we give preference first and foremost from amongst all of the companions the Rashid rashidin Abu Bakr, and Umar, and Uthman and Ali in that order in the order of their uh, authority and rulership over the Muslims uh, and we also recognize the uh, status and superiority and preference of the ten who the Prophet وسلم, par- uh, promised paradise and we say that whoever speaks evil about them uh, the companions in general or specifically the wives and offspring of the Prophet ﷺ, then such a person is expressing uh, clear hypocrisy uh, I remember how he goes on here in point number 97 now to discuss not only the companions but also those who followed in their footsteps from amongst the scholars and the people of righteousness Uh, and he says as-salaf, الْسَلَفِ يعني the scholars of the salaf the scholars of those who preceded us the salaf means those who came before you as the khalaf means those who came after you as sābik is the one who came before uh, and al khalif is the one who came after so here al-imam al-tahawi says the ulama of the salaf the ulama of our predecessors those who came before the early generations of the Muslims من Wa ومن بعدهم من التابعين يعني the first of them those who came first meaning the sahaba the companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. and then the Tabi'in, the students of sahaba those who came after the sahaba and not only them but أهل الخير ahlul وأهل wal والنظر also the people of Khair, of goodness and righteousness, and the people of Afar, the people who are known for their knowledge and following of the traditions, the uh, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the people of the Ahl Hadith, uh, as well as the Ahl al fiqh the people of jurisprudence, and the people of an the people of Insight, who had good understanding and reflection upon the matters of Deen. All of these, the Salaf, yeah, I mean the the, sab, the Sabiqeen as well as the Tabieen, the Ahlul Khair, Ahlul Fiqh, uh, Ahlul Khair, khair wal- Ahlul Ashar, Ahlul Fiqh, Ahlul I And Imam tahawi says concerning all of them, لا يذكرونا إلا بالجميل That none of these people should be mentioned except with that which is good. They should only be mentioned in good terms. They should only be spoken well of. وَمَنْ ذَكَرَهُمْ بسوء فَهُوَ عَلَى غَيْرِ السَّبِيلِ And whoever mentions evil about them, who says anything bad about them, then he is not on the correct path. And he is not on the Sabeer al Mu'minin, the way of the believers, the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'een. And whoever speaks evil about such people, the, whether from amongst Sahaba or tabi'een or the imams of the muslims or those who follow in their way in righteousness and goodness and seeking the knowledge of the sunnah and the traditions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi who speaks evil of such people and this is an indication that that person is astray, and this is a warning to us that we should be careful what we say about the scholars of the muslim ummah whether of the past or of the present we should be careful and not speak evil against our scholars, even if we know something about them, that they have done of wrong, or mistakes that they made, and even in mentioning their mistakes, if it is necessary to mention it, in order to protect the people from falling into that mistake, we should still speak about them in honorable terms, and not speak about the scholars in a disrespectful way because disrespect of the scholars is a form of disrespect of the deen because these people are carrying the knowledge of the deen and if they err they are human and we expect that human beings will err except the messenger of Allah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. here the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al-Khumais Hafizullah says concerning this point that the scholars from amongst the early generation of the Muslims the Sahaba and the Tabi'een the people of righteousness and those who followed the Sunnah the ashr, the traditions, and the people of fiqh and otherwise, we do not speak about them except in good words and words of praise. And whoever mentions them with evil or disrespect, then that person is ala sabil abdalala. That person is on the astray path. For verily loving them is an obligation upon us. Loving the people of knowledge and righteousness and scholarship from the first generations and the later generations it is obligatory on us to love them for their love of the deen and the effort that they made to preserve the deen and to teach the people the deen and to show the people the right example and speaking evil about them uh, is like eating the flesh of your dead brother and the flesh of the scholars is poisoned yeah and that means whoever eats their flesh or speaks evil of them it will be like eating poisoned meat this is for whoever speaks evil of them uh, then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to another topic which is yeah, I mean, somewhat related where he discuss the relation or the position of the Ahl sunnah al-Jama'ah concerning the awliya or what is commonly referred to in English as the saints I don't know what other word to use that's the only one that I'm familiar with the awliya they say the saints those people who have been. it has been claimed sometimes falsely that they do uh, supernatural acts or amazing feats and so on uh, whether those people were really truly of the righteous or not the awliya whether they are truly awliya or not. La Imam Al-Tahawi says, وَلَا نُفَضِّلُ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ أَلَى أَحَدٍ مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ أَلَيْهِمُ السَّلَامِ That we do not prefer or give preference to even one of the awliya over anyone of the anbiya أَلَيْهِم السَّلَامِ وَنَقُولُ نَبِيٌّ وَاحِدٌ أَفْضَلُ مِنْ جَمِيعَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ And we say, that is the Ahlul sunnu Al-Jama'ah, we say that one Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better than all of the Anbiya, all of the Awliya altogether. Yani if the Awliya, the true Awliya, not those which are falsely claimed to be so, but if the true Awliya, the people of righteousness that Allah has given preference to, and allow them to do some there yeah, are any things that are beyond what is normally expected from the human beings, some amazing action uh, or feat or whatever, accomplishment, the true awliya of Allah, even if all of them were collected together, they are not equal to one prophet of Allah. This is the position of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Uh, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Rahman Khumais Hafizullah says that we do not give preference to anyone of the awliya over any of the prophets, the anbiya alayhim salam unlike what some of the people who went astray said and from amongst the most famous of them and the most outrageous of them is Ibn Arabi not Ibn Al Arabi who was a famous scholar of Fiqh and tafsir, but Ibn Arabi who was a famous or infamous leader of the Sufia, the people of Tasawwuf he and others from amongst them went to the extreme in their exaggeration of the awliya claiming that some of them are greater even than the prophets but we say that one prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better than all of the awliya and that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen them for his nubuwah, for prophethood and al-hikmah and given them wisdom. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hajj chapter 22 verse 75 Allah min من malayikah rusulan wa الناس nasi Inna allaha sami'un basir that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen from amongst the angels and from amongst mankind messengers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen from amongst the angels as well as from the human beings messengers. Verily Allah is all hearing all seeing. So this selection uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of any human being for prophethood means that he has preference and superiority over the rest of humanity and no wali of Allah or no one of the awliya of Allah can be superior to a prophet at all. Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin Al Albani, rahimahullah, comments concerning this point in some length. Perhaps I will try to mention most of what he said, if not all of it. Now, there is time. Uh, he says first uh, quoting from ibn abil Iz, the comprehensive uh, commentator on al aqidah the Tahawiya, rahimahullah he says quoting from ibn abil al imam ibn abd al Iz rahimahullah he says that here al imam tahawi in this statement concerning the preference of the prophets over the awliya he is making a refutation of those who believed in an ittihad ya'ani they believed in the oneness of the creator and the creation that everything is one this is the famous aqeedah of Ibn Arabi and those extremist Sufis extremist Sufis And the common Sufis inshallah they don't believe in such but those who went to the extreme uh, and there are some today I myself remember one person who I know personally who used to hold this belief when I was in Sudan, one American brother, he was of those who read, who read the writings of Ibn Arabi and ascribed to such uh, extremists ridiculous beliefs of the oneness of everything, the Creator and the Creation. Here, uh, Al-Imam Tahawi here is referring or is refuting in this statement, refuting those who believed in such belief and also the ignorant extremists of the Sufia. Uh, who uh in their ignorance and their extremism uh, somehow claimed the possibility of preference of the awliya of Allah over the anbiya of Allah. Otherwise it is well known that the people of this Deen, the Muslims, the Ahl Sunnah al jamaah uh those who are on the right path, following the knowledge and following the sharia, could never hold such beliefs. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it obligatory on all of his creatures to follow the prophets and messengers. And he didn't make it obligatory to follow the awliya or the saints. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah An-Nisa concerning this, chapter 4 verse 64, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِن رَسُولٍ إِلَّا that we have not sent any messenger, not, we haven't sent one of them except that he should be obeyed by the permission of Allah. Yeah, and the messengers were sent for this purpose that they should be obeyed and followed, unlike the awliya, even the true awliya, those who are having Iman and having taqwa as Allah described the awliya of Allah are those who have Iman and those who have taqwa but they are not and it is not obligatory on us to follow them but it is obligatory on us to follow the prophets and the messengers so many of those who deviated thought that through their Ijtihad or striving to do more and more worship that they could reach the stage of prophets or beyond them. That if they purify themselves through their manners of purification of Sufiya that they would reach the position of the MBA without following the way of the MBA. The way of Sufiyah is not established in the way of the prophethood knowing the way of our Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, but these people through their own ways, their turuk, tariqah Sufiyah, they Uh, thought by following these ways that they could reach such a high level that they would be equal to the prophets or better than them there are those amongst them uh, who actually claimed to be higher than the prophets and even in America in recent times one of the uh, leaders of a group of people calling themselves Muslims and they are Muslims I shouldn't say calling themselves Muslims but one group of Muslims who have some strange ideas their leader wrote in a newspaper, in bold print, a major, statement, uh, the plane of the prophets, the level or the status of the prophets. And in that writing he said that if you follow my teachings, you 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 will reach higher than the prophets, you will be higher than the prophets. So this is even in contemporary times, we have people boldly printing in newspapers such unfortunate and ridiculous statements. Uh, There are those amongst them who said, this is the statement of Shaykh al-Albani, there are those amongst them who said that the prophets and the messengers actually take their knowledge about Allah from the mishkat or the lamp of light of the khatim al-awliya, the seal of the awliya, the final, the greatest of the awliya, that the prophets take their knowledge from this one. And some of them claim for themselves actually to be the Khatim al al-Awliya, To be the, like the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam is the Khatim al-Anbiya, the seal of the prophets and the last and greatest of them. Some of them claim to be the Khatim al al-Awliya, the last and the greatest of them. And in fact, he says that this uh, knowledge which they are claiming in reality, it is the saying of Fir'aun, the claim of Fir'aun, العلا, that I am your Lord the Most High that they are making such a claim. He claimed that he himself يعني, could bring himself into existence. And that يعني, he was divine or the creator. And these people, they also claim to be Allah. Here he says, but Fir'aun within himself, he knew Allah better than they know Allah. يعني, because Fir'aun, he didn't deny that there was a creator. But he claimed to be a creator himself. He claimed to be the Lord the Most High. Whereas these people are more ignorant. They claim that the creator and the creation is one. There is not a separate creator, but the creation is the creator of itself. That the creation and the creator is one. This is the aqidah of Ibn Arabi and those similar to him who follow such belief of al or al wahdaniya Uh, then he says that Ibn Arabi that he, when he saw that he could not openly change the sharia, that there was no way to change it then he tried to indirectly find a way to make his claim so he knew that he couldn't claim prophethood because the prophethood was closed so he claimed wilaya to be a saint, a wali since this is something open, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that the wali or the awliya of Allah are those who have iman and who have taqwa. So that means any one of the Muslims can be of the awliya of Allah if they develop their iman and their taqwa and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he claimed wilayah uh, and he claimed that this wilayah was greater than the Nubuwa or the Prophethood. that uh, has been given to the prophets and messengers and he claimed that the prophets get benefit from the wali or the awliya and he said that the status of prophethood is just a little above the status, status of messengership and just a little above the Wilaya or the closeness or friendship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is affirmed for the believers Those who have iman and those who have taqwa In the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah Yunus I think Yunus is chapter 10 Verse 62 and 63 The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala الا inna إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءُ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَحْزَنُونَ Isn't it so that the awliya of Allah There is no fear upon them Nor shall they grieve and then he describes who are the awliyā of Allah: al amanu wa Those who believe and they have taqwa, piety, righteousness, or consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa taala. But in fact, nubuwa. he closes by saying that in fact, nubuwa is more specific than wilaya, and it is more special and higher than those who are the wali of Allah. And our risala messengership, messengership, is more specific and higher than a Nubuwa or Prophethood, as has been mentioned previously. Uh, this is the end of what I think we, c- we have on the handout, but since there's still a few moments remaining, inshaAllah, let's just take the last point related to this matter, since it's connected, uh, and it's very brief, the statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi point number 99, it's not contained on your handout. But insha'Allah next week we'll include it with the handout for the following week, the Izzin Allah ta'ala. The statement of Ahmedullah he said, Concerning the awliya of Allah, those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed whom He has allowed to do some amazing things or things that are outside of the normal uh, and the actions or realm of the behaviour of human beings. He said uh, he says concerning them, their karamat or those amazing things that Allah has allowed them to do, that we believe and what has come to us of these amazing feet of the awliya of Allah, from amongst that which is authentic and reported to us from reliable narratives, minastichat or anastichat. من رواياتهم يعني from what has been reported from them or reported about them يعني those amazing feats karamat, which Allah has allowed the awliya of Allah to perform by his permission if it has been authentically reported from reliable narrators then we believe in such and we accept it here the shaykh ibn Abdurrahman al-Khumis says concerning this point that we believe in what has been narrated to us concerning the karamat or the amazing feats uh... or perhaps what might be called supernatural for lack of a better word uh... I and mean in those things which are outside the natural or normal behavior of human beings that Allah allowed some of those who really have iman and those who have taqwa to perform and even by the help of shaytan some of his awliya perform amazing feats in the front, in front of the human beings so that they uh, so that the people would believe that these are the awliya of Allah but we can distinguish between the awliya of Allah and the awliya of shaitan by the fact that the awliya of Allah are always of those who have true iman and who have taqwa and who follow strictly the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. and whoever goes outside of the sunnah even if they do something amazing then we know that these amazing feats are not by, are not by yani, the pleasure of Allah but they are by the help of shaitan they are the awliya of shaitan Here he says that we believe in those amazing feats of which Allah has allowed for the awliya to do which is outside of the normal realm of the human behavior. Uh, And we believe in that which has been confirmed or authentically reported to us concerning such things and we reject that which is not authentically reported. The stories that have been passed down in those books, those story books that some of the Muslims love to read uh, concerning false reports of amazing feats of those people who are not truly the awliya of Allah. The origin or the basis for our acceptance and belief that amazing things may happen that are outside of the ordinary is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 37 concerning Maryam where Allah wa ta'ala says كلما دخل عليها زكريا المحراب وجد عندها رزقا that every time Zakaria عليه Salam went to the mihrab or the special place of seclusion the room of uh, Maryam when she was a young child every time he used to go to her he found that she had sustenance yani some of the scholars of Tafsir said that she would have fruits in the winter that only were produced in the summer or fruits in the summer that were only produced in the winter which was an indication that it wasn't from someone's farm but this was something that was given to her by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is of the karamat that Allah has given to those who are other than the prophets this is confirmed by the Quran in the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here he says that Zakaria, when he used to go to her and find her with sustenance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qala ya Maryam أَنَّا لَكِ هَذَا يا مريم. Oh Mary, how did you get this? From, from where did this come to you? And she said that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself. So this is a proof. Uh, and it is the basis for our belief that Allah sometimes allow for the awliya, those who are close to Him, those who have Iman and Taqwa, he allows some unnatural or abnormal or things which is beyond the normal realm of human beings to happen. He allows them to do such things as a favour from him and an indication of their wilaya or their special status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, whatever has been reported to us authentically concerning the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is limited to the people of obedience those who obey Allah, who follow the Sharia and who stick to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam those whom Allah is pleased with the people of Iman and it is not for those who did some supernatural acts who are against the Sharia and outside of the Sunnah and the people of disobedience many of them were people, sinful people who used to do major sins and the people used to know about it but because they used to do some amazing feat by help from shaitan, just as some of the people today are doing some strange things by help from the jinn, the evil jinn, then these people are the awliya of shaitan, not the awliya of al rahman Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the end of what we wanted to say here. And perhaps just quickly we can look at the questions uh, concerning the points today. From amongst them, uh, who was the best of this ummah after... Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was the first Khalifa Abu Bakr siddiq Without any question or doubt. Name the four Khalifas in the order of their preference, yani in the order of their appointment as the Khalifa. And they are well known to us, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. Name five of the ten companions who were promised paradise. And here we have been given ten of them. Inshallah we should at least be able to name easily five of them the first four khalifa and any of the other six after them Talha Zubair Saad Sa'id Abu Ubaidah and so on Allahu uh, anhum ajma'in what do we say about the wives and offspring of the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa we only speak well of them uh, and don't say anything disrespectful or dishonorable concerning uh, them Radiallahu anhum ajma'in what is our position concerning those who speak evil of them Those who speak evil concerning the companions or the wives or offspring of the Prophet ﷺ for sure these people are astray, and this is an indication of nifaq It is an indication of hypocrisy Those who speak evil of the companions or the wives or the offspring of the Prophet of Allah ﷺ it is an indication of nifaq or hypocrisy What can we say about those who speak badly about the scholars of the early generations of the Muslims, the Salaf as well as those who came after them from amongst the tabi'een and the atba'at tabi'een and the imams of the Muslim ummah and those people of knowledge and righteousness who followed them, whoever speaks badly about them, we say that these people have gone astray because the right way, the way of Ahl al wal-Jama'ah is only to speak well, to speak good, to speak in a respectful way concerning the scholars of this Ummah, whether of the earlier generations or the later generations who came after them. Is it possible that a great saint, wali, whether a true wali or false wali, is it possible that a great wali can be better than a prophet or a messenger of Allah Obviously it is not so, though unfortunately uh, some of those extremist people uh, who believed in the oneness of the Creator and the creation from amongst the Sufia, and yani he claimed such things and those who believed in the uh, high status or supremacy of wilaya or saintship or whatever we can call it also they believed that they were superior to the prophets and messengers this is what we can say for today if there are any corrections or comments or questions I think perhaps there's five minutes remaining before the adhan subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha ilaha anta any questions, comments, corrections? Jazakallah, uh, khar. So, modern science in the West, uh, uh, in the truth that you mentioned that they are claiming that uh, creation created itself. Hmm. No, the denial of create, of the Creator. And the root of their belief is the same. They want to deny that there is the Creator. And of course in doing so it, it, it's also yeah, and, uh, an attempt by them to deny their obligation to worship Him or to follow His laws and His guidance. And if they want to be free To use their own mind to decide what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong, what they should do and what they should not do and what is acceptable or unacceptable. So by denying the Creator, they deny the right of a Creator to dictate to them or to legislate for them so they escape from this and they become their own legislators and decide for their own selves what they will do and what is right and what is wrong. Any other comment or question from the brothers or from the sisters? about the (laughs) tasawuf tasawuf is an Arabic word that refers to it really refers to the attempt uh, by the people to get near to Allah by doing acts of worship and obeying Allah acts of obedience uh, and goodness yeah, and denying oneself worldly things and striving for the next life giving preference to the next life over this life yeah, and living a life a simple life and in yeah, and a life of yeah, any simplicity in which the main concentration is worshiping Allah and trying to obey Allah as opposed to the life of those people who are uh, concerned only about the worldly things, enjoying worldly things, and living for this world while they forget the next life. This is the original meaning of tasawwuf. And in this way, according to this meaning, we can say that the Prophet sallallahu represented the ideal and perfect example of tasawwuf. Life of simplicity and devotion and dedication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and living for the next life, and not engaging. Uh, to the extreme in the enjoyment or the pleasures of this world. Of course it doesn't mean completely denying this world and not enjoying anything of the the world. But it means giving preference to the next life over this life. But what happened when the people began to deviate from the Sunnah and the Sharia? When they said that the Sharia is for the common people then they neglected the sharia and they neglected the sunnah and they began to deviate and invent and innovate their own ways that they claimed were the means of getting near, near, near to Allah and they denied the world, some of them completely which is not the way of the Prophet Sallallahu <coughs> Wasallam as he indicated to those young men who came to him uh, <coughs> Seeking him, and they asked his wives about his behavior at home. <coughs> and when they heard about how he lived, they wanted to be near to Allah as he was. And they said, One of them said, I will fast every day. And another one said, I will pray all night. And another one said, I will not marry. And the Prophet, ﷺ, when the news was brought to him of such extremism, of negating the worldly life totally, which is not from the Sunnah, he said that. مَنْ an عَنْ fa فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي Whoever is not pleased with my sunnah, he is not from me. And my sunnah, he said, I eat and I fast sometimes. Sometimes I fast and sometimes I eat. I don't fast every day. And I pray in the night and I sleep in the night. I don't pray the whole night. Though he used to pray half of the night or two-thirds of the night or most of it. But also he used to sleep in the night. And he said, I marry so these people who go to the extreme in such things, total denial of the world, this is wrong. Allah has allowed us to enjoy the good things, the lawful things in this world, to limit within bounds. Not going to the extreme in it, but not giving it preference over the seeking of the next life. So those people, they deviated from the Sharia and they deviated from the Sunnah some of them going to the extreme of denying the world totally and some of them not denying the world totally but denying the Sunnah and the Sharia and deviating and following ways that had nothing to do with the Sunnah and this is what we find today under the title of Tasawwuf or Sufism but the real Tasawwuf, if if we can use that word it would be more so, and it would be better referred to by Tazkiyah or purification of the soul through acts of ibadah and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in accordance with the sharia and in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Any other comment or question now? <laughs> they can what? Help people. Shaitan and jinn can help people. Now, Shaitan can help people. Shaitan, uh, he supports his followers and his soldiers, Shaitan and soldiers as the prophet sallallahu indicated in authentic hadith and he helps them and he supports them, uh, he inspires them with, with, with not revelation but inspiration to motivate them and to push them and to suggest to them uh, to do his deeds of disobedience and, and corruption and immorality and disobedience of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth and the jinn also <coughs> can have contact with people uh and of the evil jinns the shayateen they help people in doing evilness while the good jinn if they have contact with human beings they would not help people to do something evil it is not any proper for the human beings to seek to have contact with the jinns because the jinn is a different creation and it's not for us to interfere in their world nor for them to interfere in our world but sometimes when some jinn entered some people unjustly then some of the Muslims used to try to remove those jinn uh, properly by by through Qur'an, by recitation of Qur'an uh, and some using other means that are not from the Sunnah incorrectly and even some doing things that are against the Sharia and against the Sunnah acts of disobedience to Allah to get the jinn out, doing some acts of disobedience to get the help of some jinn to remove other jinn Uh, no doubt the jinn they can interfere in the lives of human beings although it's improper for them to do so and they can help uh, the human beings uh, and the evil jinn do help and support uh, the human beings in doing evil and shaitan does also the, the subject of jinn is a big subject, there's a book I think it has been translated by Sheikh Omar al-Ashqa uh, I think it has been translated, the world of jins. Oh, and also for sure the essay of Ibn Taymiyyah concerning the jinn has been translated uh, by uh, Dr. Bilal Phillips and that's available. And not only that, that's a small book of maybe a hundred pages, but there's his PhD thesis, which he did concerning the ways of removing jinn from human beings amongst the Muslims. There's a PhD thesis by Dr. Bilal Phillips uh, concerning this matter, which is a very, very, yeah, any uh, and the uh, comprehensive and very, very important um, research work which he did, and it's available uh, now. It's been published more than one year, two years ago, uh, the, um, yeah, his, his, his PhD thesis. So, also, you can yeah, rely on these two sources the small book, The Essay of Ibn Taymiyyah by Dr. Bilal Phillips, or his major work, The PhD Thesis. As well as the book of, as I mentioned first, the book of Dr. Umar Ashka, The World of Jinns, or something like this, and Shayateen. I think it has been translated into English. Perhaps we will talk about that topic, topic at another time, and in detail, if there is a chance to uh, review uh, any one of those books, or يعني, some small essay concerning this, a smaller one. Bi-adhani l any comments, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك واتوب إليك.